Welcome to Now Let's Talk, the podcast, where Vanessa Corwin and Kathleen Kahn will be talking to people about the challenges they're experiencing because of the COVID pandemic. Hi, I'm Vanessa Corwin. And I'm Kathleen Kahn. And we are here with Ron and Lisa Schwartz of Teaneck, New Jersey. Now, Ron and Lisa, you decided to drive cross country to Southern California um, in the midst of a pandemic um, and at a time when I believe California was uh, a hotspot uh, of the virus. So what led you to uh, make this decision to do this? Uh, grandparents were called. <laughs> the calling of grandparenting. So honestly, I'm not sure that we would have done it. Just decided to take a vacation and go in cross country. Um, but we have family on the West Coast. Our son and daughter-in-law live in Southern California in Redondo Beach, beautiful beach area. So nice, nice place to visit. Um, and they have two daughters, two and a half and four and a half. And like a lot of young people living through this pandemic, um, they're, they're one of the lucky ones who still have jobs and working from home. Um, but working from home in both management positions and res a lot of responsibility and trying at the same time for three months to care for a two and a half and four and a half year old. Um, Very so, active two and a half and four and a half yeah. year old, by the way. Yeah, so they did it for, for three months and then they um, the girls went back to their child care provider who then took a vacation herself for six weeks. Um, from mid-July until right after Labor Day, the end of July. So um, our kids asked us if we could possibly drive out and if we would consider driving. <laughs> and we hadn't, but we weren't going to fly. I mean, we just didn't feel, feel safe flying. So we thought a lot about it. And honestly, um, we were very anxious. I was extremely anxious about it, especially it was at the time when the numbers were going up, as you said, not only in California, but in every state that we were driving through. And in some states where people were resisting wearing masks and distancing oh and all that. So, so I got really anxious and about a week before we were gonna leave, a couple of our friends um, said, we don't think you should go. Mm. You know, we're really worried about you. And, um, and I panicked a little bit, called the kids and said, look, you know, we're really worried. And, um, and then when I saw the look on their faces, um, I, you know, I just said, we, we have to go. You know, they just really needed us because they would have had to be on their own again for six weeks while working. Yeah, we were on FaceTime with them. And when we even suggested that, you could just see the drop in their faces. Yeah. Because they were totally exhausted after this you know, three, three, four month period of taking care of the kids by themselves and trying to hold down a job. Their faces actually dropped. I'm told that Lisa, you did all the planning. How, how did you decide, like you had to stay over? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you drove like four or five hours and then you made the decision to stay over. Was that all pre-planned and how was it? Yeah, well, I'm a planner by nature anyway. I, my career was in community organizing, first career, and so I um, just love to organize, and I especially love, 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 love travel. It's a passion. 
and I love planning travel. So that, you know, so it came kind of naturally to me. Um, but, you know, during a pandemic. Um, so in terms of where we stayed initially, we had hotels and it was all pre-planned. Yes, everything was pre-planned. Um, I booked hotels, I called hotels um, to go on the first floor. Then the last week after our friends talked to us, um, I rethought it and uh, canceled the hotel reservations and looked for Airbnbs. Um, now why so, Airbnbs in particular? Um, because I felt like there was more of a chance. We really sort of were quarantining as we were traveling. We, um, the kids didn't require us to quarantine when we went there because we assured them that we weren't going to be having contact with anybody. Um, other than two, two friends we stayed with, two single women who had not been out of the house and very careful. So they were okay with that. Um, other than that, we saw nobody at all. Um, and um, if we had stayed in a hotel, there was more of a chance we were going to, you know, going through the lobbies and seeing people. So um, we made sure that the, the Airbnbs were self-check-ins and I communicated with the hosts to tell them what my concerns were. Um, so that was, that was what I did. I was denied an Airbnb. The first one I was denied. Um, Why? What did they say? So this was a place in Illinois and I had texted the host and said, you know, what precautions are you taking through the, the pandemic? And um, FYI, you know, we wear masks and um, this was a room in a private home and she, we, we would have had to meet her. Um, and, um, you know, we, we, we wear masks and we distance. I hope you do too. And then I got a note back saying, um, this may not be a good fit for you. Uh, we do not wear masks in our own home. Oh. So I said, good. I'm glad I asked. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And this is even though they were renting out one of their rooms in their homes, the strangers coming in as an Airbnb. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> that's that's interesting to me that people under all these circumstances of the pandemic were still renting uh, rooms yeah. and stuff. Yeah. 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 People, people are. And... You know, I will say the play, I, you know, part of it was the planning and I guess the communication and part of it was, was luck. Um, they, I would go back to every one of them again. Um, they work spick and span clean. Um, the hosts just, you know, left little goodies and, and they were just really people who loved doing this. And I have used Airbnbs a lot, so um, I kind of know what to look for and, only go with the super hosts and look at all the reviews and so yeah it took a lot of planning i mean it's yes. okay <laughs> yes what about i know okay so you've got the accommodation worked out so what about eating uh did you go to restaurants did you go to restaurants on the road what did you do about food yeah no we didn't, and we drink did. of course yeah. very important yes. yes well we brought wine lots <laughs> of it <laughs> So we opened yeah. up a lot of wine. <laughs> Every night. I would expect nothing less. And so. I had my corkscrew. <laughs> that was a very important piece of equipment. Yeah, having yes. That. yes. I got back to early on. Um, yeah, we, I kind of figured like people camp and do this. So we're, you know, we're not campers, but we can do this. So what do people camp do? So we had our cooler and I um, got some chicken, cold chicken, pieces of chicken. That's always good cold. 
um, cut up vegetables, um, cucumbers, tomatoes, that kind of stuff, not tomatoes, stuff that would stay in the cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, made some pasta pesto, um, turkey loaf and froze it, peanut butter and jelly, which we never opened the jar of peanut butter and jelly. We thought that would be like our go-to if food didn't stay. Um, so, you know, we, we didn't eat gourmet meals, but we ate out of the cooler. We, the only time we had to go into a store, I went in when we got gas, they always had a convenience store. The ice was outside. I knew it was $3, handed the guy $3, took my ice bag, put it in the cooler. So we did that every morning when we got gas. And then I just, um, refilled the cooler with the ice. Um, and then it turned out, I didn't know for sure if all the places would have refrigerators, but um, one Airbnb, I guess the one in Des Moines, um, did have a full kitchen. So I had pasta and I bought prepared sauce. And so, um, yeah, we were able to, to do that and we ate okay. We had lots of snacks. I packed the back seat of the car with the snacks. so We would be able to just <laughs> back, you know, positioned it where... The passenger would be able to get the snacks quickly. Right. Oh, snacks are important. Yes, yes. So we had our snacks. Well, so that we didn't have to stop for lunch. We would have breakfast at the Airbnb where we were of our own stuff. We wouldn't stop anywhere for lunch. We would have our snacks in the car. And we, Lisa had planned out every trip that we would have no more than, I think, seven hours was the longest trip that we have. So we got up early enough in the morning, let's say 7.30. We're out on the road by 8 o'clock. And we got to our next Airbnb uh, before the sun went down. We didn't want to drive in the dark. Uh, And we would have enough time to unload everything and prepare dinner. Most of the places had, if they didn't have a stove or an oven, they had a microwave or they had a toaster oven. Uh, So we were able to, you know, prepare the foods that we had brought with us and not go out to restaurants and not see the host. Every every Airbnb that we had was a separate entrance so that we wouldn't have to deal with the host at all. We wouldn't have to meet them. And a separate entrance that had a code on the door so we can get oh. in and out with a separate code and not have to see anybody. So this was why Lisa says we kind of quarantined on the way out. It took us 11 days to go out. That's and what I was going to ask you. How long did this trip from door to door take you guys? Yeah, well, we, we decided to do it. We're retired and... You know, we weren't doing much anyway, so we figured, well, all right, let's take our time. Um, we did take the most direct route out through Route 80. We didn't want to go through the South um, at all, so we took the most direct route. And then I looked at, like, the map and looked at, um, you know, where the stops sort of close to on the way would be. I didn't want to, get, you know, get places right Well, Airbnbs, I did get pretty close to the highways for the most part. We had to sometimes drive a little bit, but not much. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at the distances on my, you know, think, I don't know how I would have done this without Google Maps. I guess the old-fashioned way, just, you know, look at the map, look at the distances. But I Google mapped basically from here to Pittsburgh, here to Cleveland, and then it tells you how many hours. Oh, perfect. So, um, so we have a friend in Pittsburgh. So our first stop was six hours. And then, and then we spent, so we spent some two nights. We spent two nights with that friend. So we mm-hmm. got two, two home cooked meals. Oh, <laughs> and you had a visit with your friends. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. we hadn't seen her in a, in a lot of years. So that And was we really knew the nice. friend was a, a single woman and had been very, very careful about going out. Uh, so we felt pretty, pretty safe there. We also 
had a single friend in um, Denver, uh, whose place we um, stayed in for two nights, but also had been very, very careful, an old friend of ours. And then we stayed two nights each in a, a national park at Zion National Park in Utah, and um, Arches National Park, also in Utah. Uh, and again, in a separate unit where we didn't have to go through the lobby or anything or, or eat in a common area. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had our own separate separate entrance unit. Yeah, those places were really nice. That's where we splurged. We kind of splurged there and stayed in a very nice lodge with excellent reviews. And people had reviewed it and stayed during COVID. So they were really, really careful. Um, and, you know, no, no cleaners came in. They left it free 24 hours between, you know, between people. Um, reduced capacity, separate entrance. So, um, yeah, so that was great. And there were not a lot of people traveling. We I want to ask you, what did, what did you do uh, in these travels when you saw people without masks? I mean, that one B&B, &B, that was great that she told you. But did you see a difference going like from East Coast driving all the way and, and the changes of how people took these guidelines to wear masks? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we certainly did. Uh, that was one of the interesting political things that we saw going across the country over the course of 3,200 miles. It seemed like the more west we got from New Jersey, the less masks we saw on people's faces. And then, of course, when we got to the west coast, we saw masks again. Everybody. Everybody had masks. Yeah. But in Nebraska, Iowa uh, especially, uh, people would be walking around the streets without masks. They would be walking in public without masks. Uh, and it seemed very much like uh, the coronavirus had not really become part of their lives. Yeah. That they had been yeah. able to kind of ignore it, or at least maybe their political uh, affiliations helped them to ignore it. Uh, but there definitely is a difference uh, between the two coasts and the middle of the country. In that wow. Wow, that's that's scary because when you're going through these places, uh, you know, you you want to protect yourself as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you know, going each each day, we're driving between five and seven hours. We had to stop at rest stops to go to the bathroom. That's another issue. <laughs> yeah, for older people, that's one of the biggest issues. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important that's issue. The biggest issues <laughs> yeah. and. We not only had our regular mask, but we had um, the uh, plastic the coverings shield. also. Oh, the face shield, yeah, yeah. The better mask, the N95 mask, to go into a, a public bathroom. But I, I did notice as a guy, I would you know kind of lurk around the bathroom to make sure stuff <laughs> was going in there. And it was empty, but I had to go in sometimes like when there were other guys in there. Yeah. Suspicious, I guess. Whenever, whenever a guy came into the bathroom that I was in who didn't have a mask, I find myself getting really angry about because I had my mask on and other people that were in there had their masks on, but there would be some, I'm sorry, some jerk who would come in, yeah. just la -di -la -di -da, yeah. and did not have a mask, would try to, you know, stand next to you in a urinal and do his it, thing. And I would, you did know, you say anything? I would kind of move away. And then there was the whole thing about, well, washing your hands, you know, you know, only one guy could wash their hands at the time. So would the other guys stay six feet apart while they're waiting to wash their hands or would they get close to you? So, you know, this was all interesting things that we would not think about before coronavirus. But again, Nebraska, Iowa. Ohio, too. Ohio. Yeah, and some really? places. Yeah. People were, were coming in without masks on. I would actually 
get angry. And then the issue was, well, are we going to say anything to, to these people? Did we... you? I mean, I'd have the Did urge you? to pull down the, the window and say, where's your mask? Did you ever do that? No, I almost did one of the first, actually the first stop was in Ohio. And so, you know, there were very few cars and Ohio, I think it might've been the day of that the governor finally issued um, a mandatory, uh, mandatory mask, but people were not masked. Yeah. Um, and so it was the rest areas were these commercial rest areas. They were, you know, with you go and find them as a Starbucks, but they yeah, had to like where the truckers go and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There were very, very few cars, but the first stop, I get, get my N95 and I put my face shield and it was pretty empty, but there was a couple walking, you know, toward me, not masked. Uh Oh, you know, an older couple. And I noticed the woman look at her husband and look at me and kind of give me a look, you know, like what's like I'm from another planet, you know, and I really wanted to say something to her. And I, I had practiced what I would say. Oh. <laughs> I was like, but I didn't end up doing that. I said, oh. I'll just go do my thing and not, you know. Um, just get in and get out, right? Yeah, but I was going to say, hey, you know, I'm from New Jersey, New York area, and I don't know if you know people who died from this, but I know several people who died from this, you know, and that was what I was going to say, you know, because I think people think, you know, if, you, if it doesn't hit you personally or you don't have it, in, I mean, I, I don't know um, that it's, you know, it's all a hoax, you know, right? Like nothing yeah. more than a cold, you know, so, but I didn't say anything. I just... So that was actually the only time, though, that I felt somebody, you know, looked at me funny, and funny. I had the urge to say something. Yeah. So let me address one other bathroom issue before we go. <laughs> yes. Uh, for those of you who are thinking about doing this, be aware that the further west you get, especially into the Midwest and the near west, the near west, is there are less less rest areas on the interstates. Hmm. As you get into oh, some girl. of the more rural states, they just don't believe that people have to go to the bathroom all that often, I think. <laughs> and traveling through. So there are less bathrooms that you can go to and more time between uh, when bathrooms become available to you. So Lisa will address the issue of how we dealt with that issue uh, and how we plan for that issue. Oh, you plan uh, for that too, Lisa. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell yeah. us. So, uh, <laughs> so there's, um, so for females, this is great for hiking too. Um, there's something called a female urination device. Hmm. And um, it's basically, you know, if you have to pee, you, I don't want to get too graphic, but you know, it serves as kind of a. Like a jar, you know, like you pee in a jar, kind of. No, it's not even in a jar. Oh you my God. And I just, you know, put it up against your vagina and it's like a penis. So you can pee. Oh, funnel. Funnel. got it. Okay. Okay. And so you don't have to worry about squatting. And I never ended up using it. And it certainly was the uh, was subject of many jokes many before jokes. we left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. So, so Lisa, did you ever like just, you know, pull over and like go in the woods kind of thing? So the first time I, we went to a state park and we did that. And that's when I actually tried to use the urination. It didn't work. I was like, I can't do this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, um, but I did also, we did purchase on Amazon a porta potty. Oh. And we bought a good one and um, very easy. You know, you just put it in your trunk and, um, and, it, and yes, we did. I use that mm -hmm. um, twice. I did. And it saved me because um, um, it was very uncomfortable. And this was the route in eastern Colorado between like mid-Nebraska and Denver is where there is nothing nothing wow. and um and that was you know kind of a funny story because we pulled over uh, pulled no we had to pull off the road there was no shoulder and we were in this real farm rural area dirt went down a dirt road and I ended up using it where there were a bunch of cows and cows <laughs> like thousands of flies so the, rest of the trip was like driving to denver another like two and a half hours with a fly infested yeah, car sliding oh flies. no <laughs> well so you guys really like uh you really took care of all the details uh in in your planning um now um when you got there, when you got to California, uh, okay, where did you stay, first of all? And um, what about um, social distancing uh, with the family? How'd you handle that? Well, I have to say we, we didn't handle that. We, we kind of hugged <laughs> immediately when we got out of the car. It was very emotional because um, we didn't know when we were going to see them again. And we hadn't seen them at that point in over six months, which was unusual for us, because as you know, Vanessa, we would go out often to see them I know. every other month and because right. the kids grow up, you know. So, yeah, so it was very emotional, and we just hugged. We, we stayed with them. They had an extra bedroom for us. And, um, yeah, we basically took the kids out every day in the morning to a park um the kids you know the kids did have contact with other kids you know um uh, you know i guess that was somewhat of a risk because kids can carry it and, um but you know we just did it and they kind of ran around and played and um but we didn't have any real contact you know with with anybody mm. we kind of found a tree we sat under the tree mm. um, how long did you stay with your family what how long did you guys uh yeah five weeks a week five five weeks oh, five weeks i was gonna see yeah no oh my god oh that for well oh, five weeks yes after after <laughs> all that cover <laughs> yeah five weeks of chasing a two and a half year old and a, and a very active four and a half year old around the world uh -huh. you never stop by the way you just keep going all day long and then so, what do you think about oh my god i gotta go back and do this all over again on the road yeah. And we got to go back home. Yeah. Yeah. No, by five weeks we were, we were ready. Yeah. You know, you know, and we were, um, yeah, we, we were exhausted. So the trip, the actual driving was restful oh. uh, because, um, we also had a very comfortable car. We did, we need, we were going to buy a new car in about a year and we decided to just, okay, bite the bullet, get it now. So we'd have a comfortable car and that really made the difference. Oh, that's so, great. Especially the air conditioning, because we passed through a lot of places in the West oh. where it was 104, 105 Ooh. degrees. Right. So, so you really needed that. Yeah. You really needed that. So um, what do you, so did you guys, uh, when you got back home, 
um, did you quarantine at all? Yeah, basically, we felt we had quarantined during the 10 days yeah. that it took us right. to get Right, right. You never think about writing a book about <laughs> People have asked me, people yeah. have asked us, and, uh, you know, to, to write something. I am going to do, because um, people have expressed an interest, an actual workshop. So for any listeners. <laughs> yes. Well, can you share some, uh, some of your tips uh, for people who want to do something like what you did? It's, I think it's, if you do it right, the advanced planning, you know, absolutely is key. We also, something I didn't mention, and this was my greatest anxiety, is if the worst, like I, I said, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst that can happen? You know, you know, a car accident, well, that can happen anytime. But if we actually got sick on this trip, like if we, while we were en route, one of us got sick. So I actually looked to see where the hospitals were in every single place we stopped to make sure that there was a decent hospital, at least fairly close. And I would, I mean, we, we didn't get sick and we, there was no reason why we should have because we didn't take any, we really took no risks um, during our travels. Um, so I would say that's important. And I did pack what I called a COVID bag with, uh, you know, zinc and D3 and, you know, and Gatorade we had. Lots of water, water. And I also last minute thought about, you know, the Gatorade for the electro electrolytes if we needed it. So I really, I also had three, three telemed sessions with my doctor. Um, who um, who actually con you know convinced me that I was okay to go that you know health wise it was, it was that was a, a good idea yeah yeah so yeah, that know, was very smart let me let me just add that uh, if you're thinking about doing this uh, think of it as being a quarantine in a car yeah hmm. okay for like ten or eleven days plan that you you're, you are quarantining it's not like a normal trip. Um, the second thing is don't overdo it. Don't exhaust yourself mm -hmm. each day because mm -hmm. that puts yourself in, in danger. danger. Mm -hmm. Just plan on driving during the day. Keep your nights available for rest, for eating, and for resting. And it would help if you have a partner driving also. Mm -hmm. um, I think Lisa could have done this by herself. But for me, I, would have much, I, would much, I was very happy to have another driver that we could switch off back and forth i love to drive i love to drive so road trips is something i enjoy more than flying so would you do it again yes and we will yeah we would yeah we would um, excellent. excellent yeah i mean i look i mean it might be the only way we're going to get to see our kids for a while i mean i so we'll see i don't know <laughs> and you know what there is also this benefit of seeing the country Mm -hmm. You see the country from your car. You yeah. really do. Yeah. Uh, and also observing, if you're, if you're certainly from the metropolitan area, observing once you get out of your bubble and you see the political differences, because they're obvious as you drive across the country, the political signs, it's a political season. You're driving through a town, you see the signs, you see the combating signs. You see the Black Lives Matter sign. You see the Blue Lives Matter signs. We went, we walked around Lincoln, Nebraska, and counting how many Biden-Harris signs we saw. 
as opposed to how many Trump signs we saw. So you, you, it's like getting out of your bubble, go across country. Country is very different than the New York City metropolitan area. And like I said, the two coasts and then the rural areas in between are, are, are just different, are quite different. And I think every American should do that every, every once in a while. This sounds like you had a f- such a fantastic trip. Yeah, well, we were lucky. I mean, <laughs> and uh, we just want to thank you for sharing all this with us. Oh, you're welcome, and I hope some listeners will consider doing it. It's safer than we thought it would be. Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear from you, so please send your comments and questions to info at nowletstalkthepodcast.com and check out our website at nowletstalkthepodcast.com. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.